Hello, this is James with Love for Food Manufacture, and I recently spoke with Dan Russick, Marketing Manager at OnROM, the automation company, to discuss the use of automation, artificial intelligence, and vision inspection to help promote health and food safety in the factory. Yeah, so really sort of AI comes into itself um, when you're looking at something, uh, but the type of defect you're looking for isn't always the same. And uh, it's really challenging. So for conventional vision systems, if you know where the defect can occur and you know what the defect could possibly be, uh, then essentially conventional vision tools uh, are really, really useful and can be applied and it's quite straightforward. The way we're using artificial intelligence is actually when you don't know where the defect could be and you don't know what the defect could look like. And that's where AI, as I said, sort of comes into its own because you can teach, using artificial intelligence, you can teach effectively lots and lots of good products. So it, for example, if it's, if it's yogurt pots, you can teach lots and lots of good product and the artificial intelligence algorithm learns what, what's good. And from all those models, it basically builds up uh, a method of detecting variances from that model. And that's basically how, how the AI works. So things like, I'll use yogurt pots as an example because you, you mentioned it. Um, the common things that you can have problems with uh, with the packaging are things like deformity, but you don't know where that deformity will, will occur and what the magnitude of that deformity will be. Now, using AI, it basically takes lots and lots of good models and then it analyzes and compares what you show it and makes comparisons of those good models. So it makes it easier to define a deformity no matter where it is and no matter what the magnitude is because you're comparing it against maybe thousands of trained models which have uh, which have gone through previously and and that's where it really comes into itself where you've got quite complex geometries yogurt pot might seem quite simple but there's there's lots of curvature on it the angles are quite specific and also other food products not just yogurt pots where they're organic so th there is some minor changes anyway and again that's another area that's quite challenging for conventional vision to solve because normally with conventional vision, it being honest, it was developed for things like the automotive market where you had engineered products which were a very specific tolerance uh, and always usually the same. And if they were slightly different, then you knew it was an error. With food products, especially if we talk about organic things, you know, if we look at things like uh, meat products, it's never the same. It's, it's, it's always a little bit different. And again, that's where AI can be used because you can train lots and lots of models and it can calculate what the usual variances would be. And then within the algorithm itself, it can then detect what's outside of those normal, to normal tolerances effectively. Um, but probably the most powerful function of artificial intelligence is it takes the complexity out of programming the vision system. Because essentially you're not training tools, you're not training inspection regions, you're just training models. So effectively you're showing it pictures of what good products are and then it's analysing those good pictures as a comparison to the one you're, you're, you're running through your production line and that's how it detects the, the, the changes. So it makes it more uh, accessible for manufacturers. It takes out the, the complexity uh, of training and remodeling and, and 
that decision-making process about what tools would work best for this application. Um, so in a lot of cases, it can be it can be a, a, a sort of a real benefit to food manufacturers. It's so vision inspection can solve a number of uh, many tasks, uh, but it can't always solve ev everything. And, and that's where you, you have to have some sort of an initial proof of concept on, on the application. Um, it's like anything. I mean, we, you know, Omron's an automation company. Can you can you automate everything? Uh, pro probably not is, is the real answer. Uh, you can automate a lot, but it's when it becomes feasible or not cost effective to, to continue that automation journey and human interaction is, is the most benefit and most efficient way of, uh, of working. Uh, I think the key thing is understanding where that, where that balance is and, and where automation or in this case inspection can perform the majority of the tasks. But there's always a place somewhere within production, somewhere within quality inspection where humans, actually our brains are a very powerful thing. We talk about AI and we talk about advanced vision control and things like that, but nothing is compared compare to what a human brain has the capability to, uh, to do. But usually we look at the high volume repetitive operations and, and that's the right place to automate. And where you're looking at very detailed inspection, maybe you need to manipulate the part or something like that, then, then there's still a place for, uh, for human beings. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I, you know, I always get that question, uh, you know, you know, will we get the lights out factory? You know, will there be factories with no human operators? In honesty, I don't, and, you know, our company belief isn't about that. It's about automating and providing automated inspection for tasks that can be automated, but that there'll always be a place for humans in manufacturing. Yeah, so for, for cobalt applications, so the, the example you saw there was where you had uh, essentially uh, a, a, pretty much what I discussed before, where a human was performing specific operations that they could do functionally well, and then the cobalt was doing the more, I guess, mundane operations, uh, but to reduce the number of workers. Um, in terms of the food applications, you probably wouldn't see that type of cobot application, but we are using cobots for different types of applications in the, in the food industry. Uh, so one of the main ones is end of line palletizing. Um, so that's where we'd use a cobot uh, usually to palletize boxes at the end of a production line. The, the reason why it's a, a good area to use cobot cobots is traditionally and still in quite a lot of manufacturing facilities it's a human task so you physically got humans unloading boxes from a conveyor and loading them onto the pallet um, there's several issues with that you know there's things like repetitive strain injury you're you're carrying relatively heavy loads and you have to reach and so potential back issues and things like that um, but often at the end of uh, production lines, because traditionally maybe they might not have automation in that area, you might be limited on space. Um, so a cobot's great because traditionally in most applications, you don't actually have to apply any guarding. Uh, so you can normally use a cobot at the end of a production line and it occupies pretty much the same footprint as if you had a, a manual process. So they're, they're great for installing there. Um, the other areas we use cobots a lot for high-speed production lines uh, is actually loading consumables, so things like packaging media. Traditionally, you'd have an operator 
loading cartons, uh, loading films into a, into a machine. Again, fairly repetitive, fairly mundane process, but, but very easily resolved using a, a collaborative robot. But in terms of, you, you will have noticed with the collaborative robots in terms of their speed, uh, and they're not as fast as traditional industrial robots. So they lend themselves to replacing human operations rather than in-process operations. Yeah, I, I think mo moving forward, I think that the areas that we're seeing uh, a, a, a quite a dramatic increase in, uh, in sort of ro ro robotic ad adoption, typically are the areas where you've got a lot of human intervention in line. So the, the most common areas are sort of the primary handling area, where traditionally robots haven't been deployed because there's just issues with hygiene, uh, there's issues with things like washdown. Um, but now robots can be supplied with IIP ratings, hygienically designed so they can withstand washdown chemicals, easy changing of tools. So if you're going from one product to another, and we're seeing a lot more in that area. So, for instance, if I'm thinking of a, a meat line, for instance, where you'd be handling the raw product and placing it onto the conveyor before it goes into like a tray sealer or something like that. You know, sometimes uh, some of these food factories, you'd have maybe 20 or 30 operators uh, physically just loading the product out of containers and, and feeding them onto a production line. Uh, we're seeing a lot more automation in that area. One that, COVID is, is part of that issue because you, you can't have people working in such uh, close proximity. So workforce density is a challenge. So it's a very obvious place to automate. Uh, but two, a lot of manufacturers are really finding it challenging to find uh, okay, low-skilled labor or access to low-skilled labor is a big challenge. So automation is the very obvious solution to, to solve that problem. Yeah, so we've just done uh, a project which is a high-speed uh, chicken fillet line. Uh, so basically, it's where chicken fillets traditionally would have been loaded on by hand uh, in a primary area and fed into uh, uh, weighing and, and sealing operation. Uh, but we've now completely uh, automated that with Delta robots. And that, that's a, a really common application now where we're doing meat handling. Because again, traditionally, because of hygiene reasons, very heavily uh, sort of uh, manual and manually intensive operation um, but now we can do it in high speed with delta robots and hygienically as well